wrap this series up today that we're in called True North. We live in a culture of popular opinion. And oh, by the way, let me just, let me just say this real quick before I, before I get into it too. Dudes, Transformation Weekend is coming. We call it Dudes Weekend. It's coming up. And um, we want you to stop by and sign up today if you can. I kind of put some of my trophies, things that I've hunted down over the years on display for you. Actually, they're not mine. I, I would buy it and put it out and claim it's mine. But dudes, listen, if you want to see a move of God in your life and if you want to, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to be changed, I'm telling you, make yourself available for February 7th and 8th Dudes Weekend. I've already spoken to the ladies. There's nothing important on your agenda that day. Um, and so we want you to come. Sign up today right outside here in the hallway before you leave. Uh, it'll be an incredible time. But we live in a culture of, of, of so many things screaming for our attention. We, we live in a culture where it seems like popular opinion rules. So many of us make decisions based on what we hear other people chattering about. Uh, it, it, it sets the course and direction of our life. We begin to believe the things that we see um, being spoken of in the media uh, or, or, or a, a famous person puts a brand on and we immediately grab. I mean, we just live popular opinion, it seems like, controls and dominates. And, and how are we, who, who are we to listen to in that culture? When there's so many different opinions and thoughts and ideas, and I mean, how are you to make sense of it all? Where do you turn to? Where, where do you really look for purpose, direction, guidance? Where, who do you really listen to? Well, we've been in a series over the last few weeks dealing with what, what we believe. We believe there's a true north for your life. We, we believe that there is a source. We believe that there is someone that can guide you in a world of confusion with so many conflicting messages. We believe that there is someone and something you can look to to give you what is your true north. True north means it, it will set you on the course or the direction that, that, that is right. That's right. We've been looking at, at the word of God. We believe in the Bible here at 1910. It's, it's, it's the word of God. And, and oftentimes the Bible is, is referred to as, as the word of God. And, 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 and what that means is you can consider this a direct line of communication between us and God. What, what, what's written in here is, is God speaking to us. Now, these words were recorded by some 40 different authors under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but it's God's word to us, and it shows us purpose and direction. It shows us how to live our lives. If you, if you need to know anything about us here at 1910, you need to know that we believe in God's word. We believe in the Bible. In fact, here's what we believe about the Bible. We believe that it's God's word to us. It is written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of, of the Holy Spirit. It is the, the supreme source of truth for, for Christian beliefs and living. And because it is inspired by God, it is the truth without any mixture of error. It's who we are. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe that it should guide our actions. It should, should guide our, our, our words. We consider the Bible to be the foundation of our faith and of this house. Are you guys okay with me so far? Amen? 
we we just believe it. I I love what Christian educator and and pastor A.W. Pink said about, about the word of God. He said, we cannot know his will and be ignorant of his word. Some of you want to know what God's will is for your life. Get in the word of God and let it speak to you. You you cannot know the will of God for your life and be ignorant of his word. Amen? Amen. We love the word of God. It's your true north in a culture that throws so many conflicting, competing messages your way. Look to the source. Look to this very word of God, this direct line of communication given to you. I love what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says this. By his divine power, God has given us what? What's he given us? He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. You see, A.W. Pink was correct right there. You want to know how to live a godly life? You want to know how to, to get the most out of this life that God has created for you and intends for you to live? Look at his word. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by, by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Hey, let me ask you a question. When it comes to the word of God, do you love it? Do, 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 you, do you revel in the word of God? Do you study the word of God? Or is, is this just, is it just another book? Is it just um, something to or, uh, decorate your, your home? Is it, what is this to you? The psalmist would say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. Unto, I mean, have you gotten to a place with the word of God where it guides the way you live? Yes. You know, we, 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 we like to, in, in church settings like this, we, we, like to, we like to go old school. We like to think back. We like to, to reminisce, right? Uh, and, and we oftentimes in settings like this, we, we go back to, to the early church that we read about in the book of Acts when, when, when the Holy Spirit falls and, and the church begins to explode. And we, <clears throat> we, like to, we like to look at the characteristics and qualities of the early church to see w- w- what, what brought such favor? Why, why was it growing and bustling? And, and, and what did it look like? And, and then we try to mimic and we try to be just like that. I, I, I love that. Uh, I, I love history. History is good to look back at, but, but you can't live in it, right? That's why it's called the past. But, but I think it's important for us to look back and, and look what it says in Acts chapter two about the early church. The, this thing called the word of God, this idea of studying the word of God, this idea of being devoted to the teachings that you find within the covers of the Bible. Listen, it was a priority of the early church. It was. And you know, if something is a priority in your life, what does that mean? Well, you make time for it. You hold it to high value and esteem, right? You, you, you indulge yourself in it. But if something's a priority, it's, it's, it's important. Would you agree with me? Listen, the early church, look what it says about them in relation to the word of God. All the believers, how many of them? All of them devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. 
and to prayer. They devoted themselves, all of them devoted themselves. It starts there, Luke starts, Luke's writing this for us. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he records what the early church was like. Luke, Luke could have brought a lot of things to our attention uh, about the early church, but, but, but he starts, they devoted themselves, all of them devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And, and we know some things about this early church, and he writes them. I mean, this, this place was vibrant. Don't, hey, every church of Jesus Christ should be vibrant. Hey, don't you want to be a part of things that are vibrant? I don't know. What is an antonym of vibrant? Dead? Dull? Good. Okay. Some scholars in the room. That's awesome. Uh, you, you want to be a part of things that are, are vibrant. When something's vibrant, it's alive. It's active. It's, it's you, you just, you, you can't. we know that this church was joyful. Luke says they were filled with, with joy. Man, I, I don't know what, if you consider when we gather in place, is this fun for you? Is this a joy-filled time or is this like a whip? Is it a whip? I mean, what is this for you? Is it a whip or is this fun? This, I love when I hear things about, about this church. I mean, I always say, dude, the, the music is awesome at your church. I know. Don't tell me that again. But I love when I hear it. Man, when I roll up on your cat, people look excited. People look like glad that I'm here. They, they welcomed me. They said, hi, you're, you're parking lot guys. I mean, there's, there's an even old rough cowboy out there, but he looks like he's just eat up with it. I love that. This ought to be the most joy-filled, packed 70 minutes of your week. It should be. I love it. The early church was that way. The, the, the early church was exploding. It was growing. Every church of Jesus should be vibrant and joyful, and they should all be growing and excited. I love that Luke records those things about the, 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 the early church for us, but, but I especially love that Luke says, hey, listen, the thing that made them tick, and it, it, it wasn't that they just reminisced and thought about Pentecost. Pentecost was awesome. Acts chapter 2, I read verse 42, but, but when you start in, in, in the first three or four verses of Acts chapter 2, it, it talks about what happened at, at Pentecost. It says they were all meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was this sound from heaven like a, a roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were sitting. They, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I mean, we know that that took place at Pentecost. And, and, and listen, I, the, the early church could have just gathered and they could have just said, you know, man, I just wish we could go back to that day. And where, man, y'all remember when Pentecost happened? Man, that was a Sunday. That was a day. You know, when, when the tongues of fire and flames just came and we all started speaking, you know, Joe, I heard you speak Spanish and you're white. And, and you know, <laughs> Nate, you started speaking Chinese and, 
and, and you're not that. And, and, and we are started speaking these languages and it was just happening. Y'all remember that? And they could have just reveled and sat in that. But that's not what Luke tells us the early church did. They didn't just sit there and, and revel in, in Pentecost. They, they were people that it says in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In fact, if you fast forward three more chapters in Acts chapter 5, you're going to find that every day in the temple courts and from house to house, they were continuing to tell people about Jesus. These people were just, they loved the word. They were consumed with it. They were studying it and they were sharing it with other people. I love that. The explosion of the early church. It wasn't just a church that was reminiscing about the past, but there was a church that, that reveled in the word of God. Do you revel in the word of, you know, that word, that, 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 that word reveling means to, to party like it's 1999. That means when you, when you revel in something, that means you're enjoying yourself in a lively and a noisy way. We had high school students all across our city last night reveling. With winter formals and dances and, and, and all of that good stuff. And I'm glad you guys are here today, by the way. Because um, um, there's some adults that reveled last night and they didn't make it this morning. But we got some... That's a different topic. Uh, but, 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 you know, and, and a lot of times reveling enjoys dancing and drinking. Huh, yeah. So we're going to bring that back into the church. Some... Just kidding, we're, we're not gonna go that far. There are a lot of thoughts about who we are at 1910, snake handling and all that, but we're not gonna be that drinking and, and, and dan uh, dancing church. Although there was a time, just a little history, there was a time when we met at Bernie Middle School North and, and a conga line broke out during worship. We used to have a dude that played bongos and congas and, and shake maracas and stuff like that. And, and one time, I'm telling you, man, it was loose. Greg Lewis, you were there, you remember. Don't you remember that, Greg? Man, the wheels were falling off. And it was so much fun. That's what we're missing is conga line in the church of God. No, that's not it. The early church would say it's the word of God. That, but do you revel in it? Do you, let me, let me ask you this one. Do, do you enjoy it? Instead of using the word revelry, because some of you are still drinking, thinking about drinking and dancing, but let me ask, do, do you enjoy, do you delight it? Do you relish, do you savor moments and times in the word of God? You see, when you think about the early church and when you read about them, that's one of the very first things that, 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 that Paul draws to our attention. Or Luke, excuse me, they, they reveled, they, they enjoyed, they were devoted to the word of God. You know, there's a lot of trends in churches today, and one of the greatest trends is to disregard the study of the scripture. There, 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 there's a trend in, in churches today to kind of marginalize the word of God. And if we have time, we'll get to it. And if we, we do, it's just little bits and snippets and pieces. There, there's a thought in a lot of churches today that, that hey, we're just going to gather together because questions, you know, are the new answers or, or, or we talk about, Hey, let's just have a discussion instead of talking about heaven or hell or sin and things that are going on in our lives. And, 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 and I get it with all of our little videos and dramas and sometimes even dance or even banner waving and, 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 and other things that we do. I get it. It's, it's really easy for us. I mean, we will get up and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little, 
a little current movie or film series and, and when we don't spend time dealing with the word of God necessarily in a way that is applicable and, 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 and pierces the hearts of men and women and challenges them to live this life that God has called for them. Sermons are, are, are muddled down and they're shorter and shorter and shorter because of time constraints and you know we're giving little sermonettes. I, I was reminded that sermonettes produce Christianettes. You know, and, and so, but, but, but what role, I, I just want you to know, if you need to know anything about it, we, we hold high this, the word of God. And we considered Sports Illustrated when we started this as our guide. We thought about Fox News. We thought about O Magazine. We thought about all those other sources of incredible information out there in a culture today. But we've just determined that the greatest book of all times is the word of God because it's God directly speaking to us. And that is what humankind needs. Mankind needs the word of God, right? I love it. The Bible's powerful. The, 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 the Bible is, 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 is alive. In fact, it says so in Hebrews. Look what it says. I, the, you thought I was making it up, but it says that the word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and Desires, Guys, if there's any, the early church loved the word of God. They studied the word of God and so should we. Listen, we've been saying some things over the last few weeks. Like we, we, we want the Bible in your hand. We want the Holy Spirit in your heart. And we want others in your life. We, we, we really want you to get this in here. The psalmist would say, how can a young man keep his way pure? What's the answer to that? What's the scripture say? By living according to your word. Hey, you want to know how to make right decisions, decisions that bring God glory and honor? Hey, do you want to know how to step into and live the life that God created for you to live? Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to its fullest. That's his desire for you. Not dull, boring, lack of joy. No, it's vibrant. It's joyful. It's exciting. But you want to know how to do it? It's here. It's living according to this. Are you with me? That's, that's what the Bible says. And I believe it. And I just know that for those of you that will really step out into it and take time to read it and learn from it and allow it to do a work in you, I'm telling you, you're going to, life is just better. I started to say it's more gooder, but that's improper English. <laughs> you ever struggle with words sometimes? I do. It's better that way. You know, we create so many opportunities for people to get in the word of God here at 1910 Church. And keep in mind, 30 minutes with me on Sunday is not enough for me to, to literally change and transform. In fact, preaching is a catalyst for life change. I mean, what we do here, I'm just trying to pique your interest and stir you a little bit. But, 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 but what sustains your life changing is what we call groups. Because in groups is where you dive into the word of God and you begin to study. And guys, we have a plethora. That means many. I looked it up. It means a lot. We have a lot of groups here at 1910 for you to plug into and get involved. We have groups for husbands and wives. We've got basic discipleship type studies. We've got groups that go a little bit deeper. We've got groups for men. We've got groups for women. We've got prayer opportunities for you to dive into the word of God and go a little bit deeper. I mean, we just, we have, listen, the, 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 the thing that's limiting you from studying the word of God and going a little bit deeper and understanding who he is and what he has for your life. The thing that's limiting that is you, it's you. 
And there's so many opportunities. We want to, listen, we got free devotional books when you leave here today. We're reading the Bible through in 90 days sometimes. We're reading a chapter of Proverbs. Listen, the thing, listen, if you want to get in the Word of God and if you want to allow it to transform your life, it's all up to you. Read the Bible. And it'll change your life. In fact, that's what I titled today's sermon is that, you know, the word of God transforms a person. That's so true. It transforms your life. And I know that there's some people that have, 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 have drank what I'm talking about today. It's good. It is so good for our lives. Some of you go, man, I just too far gone. Hey, life is crazy. The wheels are falling off the bus and I just don't know where, hey, I, I, I don't read so well. Man, there's so many translations of the word of God. Find one that you can relate to and understand, right? Or I've never done it. I'm a little bit nervous. I, I, listen, let me just remind you about a guy that we read in the Bible by the name of Paul. Now, his name wasn't always Paul. His name used to be Saul, right? Um, uh, but, 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 but Paul had a dramatic life change. Transformation took place in his life one day as he was on his way to Damascus. Check this out. When he was Saul and he's going to Damascus, he's going to persecute Christians. He's going to, to persecute believers. He was an enemy of the church, public or church enemy number one. But on his way to Damascus that day, he has this conversion on the road. The voice of God, Jesus himself speaks to him and says, hey, Paul or Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he has this conversion, this transformation experience take place in his life. And the transformation was over with in that moment, was it? No, it was not. Just as Pentecost was not the end of what God was doing in the early church, Paul's experience with, with, with God on the road to Damascus was not the end of him either. You see, he, he, he goes to, 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 to uh, uh, Arabia and spends probably 10 years there studying the word of God. In fact, three years intently studying the word of God, taking everything he knew about, about biblical knowledge. Keep in mind, he was, he was one of the sharpest men of his time. He was smart, educated in some of the best schools uh, of his time. He was, he was the dude, Right? And over three years of studying and getting into the word of God, this man who hated Jesus soon becomes one of the most passionate Christ followers that we know in the course of history. It's through studying the word. The Holy Spirit begins to connect the dots from what Paul knew of, 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 of the law and, 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 and biblical knowledge and, and tying it to the person of Jesus. Can I just tell you something today? That's what you need. You need Jesus. You don't need more Bible information, more Bible knowledge. You need a work of Jesus in your life to truly bring transformation in your life. In fact, you've been hearing us say time and time again over this series, read the Bible, not for information, but for transformation. You see, that's what the word of God wants to do in your life. The Bible is a fascinating book. No question about it. And I don't know where you fall on the spectrum today when it comes to, to Christian faith. You, you, you might come today listening to me from an atheistic background. Hey, listen, I would just encourage you to read the Bible alone because of all the historical and cultural things that you're going to find throughout history. And, and there's some pretty fascinating stories within the Bible as well. I mean, you're going to read about people getting their heads chopped off and parading that through town. You thought Game of Thrones brought that to light? No, 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 no. That stuff used to happen all the time. You're, 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 you're going to find things about donkeys talking. 
You're gonna find things about, about waters being parted and people, millions of people walking through and then, and then when the time was just right for the enemy to be full, you're gonna read that. I mean, there's some fascinating stories in the Bible. It's like, you ought to read it just for some of that. Forget the Hobbit and get in the Word, okay? Because there's some cool stories. Somebody tweet that, that's good. Some of you gone, who's the Hobbit? Anyway, but read the Bible for transformation. Look what it says in James chapter one. Simply reading the Bible for information is not enough. There, there's, 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 we want you to be placed in, in a situation where you're allowing God's word to influence and impact your life. Don't just listen to God's word, scripture says. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and, and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Listen, every verse, just about every verse you read in God's Word contains some sort of direction from God on how you should live your life. So today, if you're trying to unpack that and discover that, I want to tell you, start with the Word of God. Don't go podcast some big-time heavy hitter preacher in America. Get in the Word of God. Don't go buy the, the number one best-selling book that's written by some human man in our world today. Why don't you get in the number one bestseller of all time written by God himself, the, the creator of you. You want purpose and direction? You want to know how to live your life? You want God to live in? This is True North. This is your guide. Read the Bible not for information, but for transformation. Read, 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 the, read the Bible not, not to, to finish, but read the Bible to change. That's what God wants to do in your life. And, and here's the incredible thing. When I'm opening up the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in my life when, when I begin to read it. Because He begins to draw things off of the pages I'm able to understand them. You, you, you've heard me say that truth is not discovered, it's revealed. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives when we open up the Word and when we seek Him and when we want to know God will speak to you. So here's the question. Are you dazed and confused? Trying to make heads or tails of life and wondering what it's all about? There are answers for you. Here, here. I, uh, a few years ago, I was eating lunch after church on a Sunday at a well-known restaurant in San Antonio. And, um, and I left my briefcase in my, in my car thinking that when they have security, I mean, they have guys in golf carts with flashing lights. Surely that deters thieves. that day and they busted out and stole my briefcase and man I freaked out panicked because I thought oh no my computer's in there no it's not what I thought oh my wallet and checkbook and checkbook excuse me what's that my credit cards no it wasn't that you, you know what had me so jacked up that day my bible was in there and and I was like oh my gosh that's my preaching bible that's the only one I can use <laughs> You can see mine, it's all kind of, it's worn out. It's kind of embarrassing, but 
but it's the Word of God for me. And I've highlighted stuff and I've written notes to myself. And oh, here's a note here. This is on a post-it note. Jesus' intention was never to save himself. It was to save you. It's a good note. Let me preach that Easter. That'd be a good word. But I, I was so sad that this had been stolen. It means something to me. I don't know what it means to you. I don't know what role God's word plays in your life, but for me, this is life. I need it. And I'm not perfect. I still got rough edges and I need some help from time to time. Can anybody relate to a pastor today, huh? And I need that. I need God's word. And so I want to challenge you to get into it, to read it and see what the Holy Spirit does in you as he begins to draw the truth of it up for you to understand. Stand with me today, please, ministry team. I know that you guys have already worked, but can you come in and love on people some more today? Ministry team, will you join me? Listen, today I'm gonna pray for you. We're gonna start a new series next week. If you want a homework assignment, if you wanna read something, hey, read Matthew chapter six. The new series starting next Sunday is called When, W-H-E-N, because in Matthew chapter six, there are a couple of things that Jesus says, when you, and you're gonna find what those are. I'm not gonna tell you what they are. I want you to read the word of God and see what it says. And we're gonna launch into that next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're gonna celebrate communion together. We're gonna partake of the Lord's Supper, the Holy Eucharist, okay? We're gonna come to the Lord's table. I want you to come back and join join us. But I want to pray for you today before you leave here, that Jesus would make himself known to you in a greater capacity, that you would dive in and get to know him a little bit more intimately this week. And that intimacy with Jesus, I believe is going to be fostered through times in the word and times in prayer. And so Father, I want to pray that for all my friends here today, live or watching us via the internet, Lord, I pray that we would be people that are not content with just the 37 minutes we've spent together this morning looking at your word, but that we would dive in and become consumers of it this week. Holy Spirit, as we open up the Bible, would you do a transformational type of work in us? Show us who you are, what your plans are for our lives. Convict us of our sin, change us, and make us more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.